I'm Captain Alley. I'm Lieutenant Lucinda. And this is the USS Out of Our Vulcan Mines. <laughs> I did some alliteration there. Oh, you did. Mm-hmm. It took me a second to think about it, but yeah, good. the next episode which is Charlie X CX uh, <laughs> and these this is on the same night that we recorded the last the first one the first episode yeah. the last one the man trap the man trap and I think it's really good because it's given us like a double feature of the danger of horny men yeah I so I really didn't like it Fair. I didn't like it I think it was a bit of a mess like thematically mm-hmm because, like, should we give a synopsis first? Do you want to give a synopsis because you're Let's... a competent person? <laughs> the last ep was me doing the synopsis where I forgot every character's name and what the show was about. And then we just did our reaction. And then, yeah, so maybe as the competent person, you can do a okay. synopsis. We can do that. And feel free to, like, jump in when you remember something. <laughs> like, Jesus. Charlie being a weirdo. Uh. Okay, to start with, the Enterprise, their current mission, pick up some kid from a, from a cargo vessel. This kid's been living on uh, some abandoned planet for 14 years, mm-hmm. hasn't grown up with anyone, he somehow survives, we don't know how. Anyway, mm. no social skills, he's a 17 year old, never lived with people before. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to take him to his closest living relatives, which are in, on Earth. Earth Colony 5. Yeah. Which, um... So is that on Earth, or is that a colony of Earth? It's a weird name, huh? Like, where is it? But it's probably like, I don't know, maybe somewhere in the solar system. But like, it was just such a mess of it. So it's the horniest episode oh, out yeah. of the two Star Trek episodes I've seen. It's definitely the horniest episode. Look, we saw Kirk's dick. We did. <laughs> he wore some very tight um, leggings <laughs> during the training. But it's just, it was such a mess. So mm. like, when Charlie first turns up, like the guys from the other ship are like, hey, He's a teenager, and there are just all these, like, long pauses with, like, dramatic music. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and, and I'm thinking about it now. And because, you know, when we're, we're already skipping ahead, we've already, like, fucked up the plot synopsis. Mm. But, but when the Antares tries to call the Enterprise and they're like, hey, that kid, he's like a fucking psychopath mm. and he's got god powers. Mm. I think, like, up until that point, Charlie had been mind-controlling them. Yeah. Because, which, which, you know, you can use as, like, a headcanon of that's why they're all such weirdos. Yeah, it's just... It, this episode would be half the length if they didn't have the, like, meaningful pauses between all of the characters. Mm. And then, like, Charlie is... Uh, and then... Like the, the first half of the episode is you, you sort of think that he, they're trying to teach him how to like have social skills. So like there's a scene where he like sees two male workers working together and the other one goes, good job, buddy, and smacks his buddy on the butt, which is like very strange. Yeah. And then when he like leaves Yeoman, what's her face? Rand. Okay. And he's like, see you later, Yeoman Rand, and smacks her so, on the butt. And she's like, oh, that's not acceptable. You're so rude. He's like, I don't get it. I saw these other... And so you're like, okay, so this is about like appropriate behavior and consent and Mm -hmm. like intergender relationships and blah 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 but then it completely just goes on its head and no one is reacting to anything he does as well like there's a moment where Spock and Kirk watch him like vanish a wall and they just like don't react at all he did freeze them 
But like after they unfroze, they were mm. both just like, oh no. Yeah. I mean, speaking of reactions, so like every time Charlie does something weird and creepy, like <laughs> usually when he's, when he's like coming on to um, uh, uh, Janice, yeah. Kirk's just kind of like, oh, boys, boys, am I right? Yeah. And like Yeoman ran Janice blonde tall hair who has amazing hair mm. like I think we need to just she's got this massive beehive it's a work of art and then like her hair on top of the beehive is kind of in this crisscross pattern like a chessboard on her head it's so mm. cool mm. but she like goes to Kirk and she's like hey I'm concerned this teenage boy has a crush on me and he's being super weird and then she leaves Kirk and Kirk does this little smirk to himself like ha 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 yeah, which, I mean, we've established that he's a huge himbo. A huge himbo. Yeah, so it kind of tracks. But I, I think... I mean, the episode, I think, does go to show, does really make the point that Charlie's behaviour is just, like, not acceptable at any level. Yeah, no one is... The episode is not saying that he's a good guy. Because yeah. he definitely turns into this crazy, like, godlike character who can control everything and everyone on the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and But there's, there's bits of that that I want more explained. So he can vanish people away. So he can, like, anyone who, like, upsets him or, you know, makes him feel bad, he can, like, look at them and they, like, vanish. And he does that to Yeoman Rand, my, our, our beautiful girlfriend, Yeoman Rand. Mm-hmm. And she vanishes. And then later, like, Captain Kirk is in when he's, like, plea bargaining with Charlie. He's like, can you bring back Yeoman Rand? And then she comes back and she just looks really upset for the rest of the episode. Like, she's crying and she's looking. And I'm like, where did she go? Yeah. Where did she go? Yeah. I mean, okay, well, I, I think the intent behind that, <laughs> we've immediately leapt to the end of the episode. <laughs> I think the intent behind that is that, like, you know, it's like Ahura and, and Rand both get really emotional at the end of the episode. Yeah. Because it's quite a tragic ending. The fact that, as you said, it's, like, set up to be, like, oh, they're going to rehabilitate him and make him learn to be social. But then he just can't be... Because also he's got these, like, omnipotent mm. powers and he just can't fundamentally exist as a human. And so it, it is kind of tragic. And I think what was intended is that Rand's, like, oh, it's really sad that he's, you know taken back to this horrible place that he hates. I think that was the intent rather than like wherever she went, which was probably just like she didn't exist for a bit. I don't know. It's just because like, so to say where he was from, the planet that he was found on was mm-hmm. with these alien species called Thespians. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> most freakish of all. The freakiest of all aliens. Uh, the Thasians. Thasians. That's Thasus. Thasus. So the, the island. The planet is Thasis, the aliens are Thasians, and so he was, like, in a wreck there, or his... Yeah. Yeah, and as a three-year-old, they don't get into it much, and then yeah. he lives there because the Thasians gave him their superpowers. Because they, they do say, like, oh, the food supplies would have run out in a year, how did he survive that long? And everyone's just like, I don't care. <laughs> not paid enough to care about this <laughs> fucking kid. I mean, in the, in, the, in the Federation, no one's paid anything. What? It's a post-scarcity utopia. Huh. Fully automated luxury gay space communism. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> well, there you go. Just a little bit. Why of... do they work then? Why do they have to ferry people around all the time? Oh, it's their job. I mean, it's... Everyone in the Federation does stuff because it's what they want to do. Uh-huh. Which, you know, is like... Even like Yeoman Rand, whose job is to just have a beehive <laughs> and like serve people lunch. You know what? If I got to do that on a spaceship, I mean, there's better jobs on a spaceship, but even if that was the one job I could get on a spaceship, I think I'd be 
I know. And then you have all the creepy people being like, oh, I wish she was my yeoman. Yeah. It does feel like during the 23rd century, they regress into a 60s mindset. And then the next century, they all get like 90s mindsets. (laughs) And it's like, I like to envision it as that's literally how the future goes. Not like that's a product of its its age. Okay. Um, With that, all of that new information about Star Trek lore that's pushed out, you know. Useful stuff. Yeah, me. How to do taxes. I was going to say how to do taxes. Oh my god, the most adult thing of all. <laughs> Luckily, I've already done my taxes this year, so that's t- 12 months from now, this is this problem. Responsible, high five. Yep. You're getting a return? Oh yeah. Oh, Those yeah. ScoMo bucks. Oh, thank, thank you. <laughs> um, this podcast is pro Scott Morrison. Love him. Thank you for all your work. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Love you, babe. Come on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, I've now totally forgotten what I was talking about. Should we, should we go back to the uh, to the to the plot? Yeah, go back to the plot. Okay. Well, he he like he like seems to like latch onto Kirk as a father figure, which is so bizarre given that Kirk has no interest. Yes. Like, and then they have that meeting with like Kirk and Doctor Fuckhead and Spark, and they all get together. and They're like, we need to teach him man things, <laughs> like like fucking a football and <laughs> kicking. <laughs> Shit. And they all decide that it's Kirk's job, and Kirk is like, "Yeah, sure, I'll teach him man things." And then he takes him to like wrestle, and that's when we see his dick. Yeah, and that's when we see his dick. Cause he's shirtless with like the tightest, oh. tightest leggings. It's madness. Yeah. Um. And and also that really weird shot of like women doing like um, what's the what's the, it's like a cartwheel but forward. It's it's like a backflip but forward. Yeah. Forward flip? Forward flip? Like, they're, they're standing and they're facing you. Yeah. And then, like, their head is up and then their feet are up and then their head's up again. And they're just doing a line of that through the doorway <laughs> and it's such a weird, like... And this... it's so horny. Like, they're wearing these, like, body suits. Like, long sleeve, long... like But, like, skin tight. And I'm mm. like, this is for somebody. Like, this is for the male gaze, but, like... Yeah. How? Which male gaze? Like, was this a thing? I don't get it. Well, to put into context uh, some of the gender politics in this episode, this was written by Dorothy Fontana. Ah. Um, and in fact... She was working through some stuff, maybe. That, like, creepy dude sitting on it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think overall, like, you can tell that that's what she was trying to... It, it, re- it really was about creepy dudes. Um, and it's really interesting. Um, Star Trek is really forward-thinking so far about, like, you know, having, you know, female you know, cast members who, mm. like, actually do stuff. And, People like, of colour. Like, um, yeah. Even even that they're just there on the screen. Is like, but, like, they're on the screen, like, actually working on yeah. the shit and, like, doing important roles. And, like, you know, they've got a female writer, which I imagine in 1960, whatever this was made, like, that would be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But, like, they still exist within a patriarchal white supremacist system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, obviously, like, the system of that comes through. Mm-hmm. In really bizarre ways. We'll get to an episode pretty quickly, uh, Mud's Women, in which I've always seen that episode as like Gene Roddenberry really trying to push, you know, like a really feminist viewpoint that he just misses the mark so badly. Mm. And I think think the thing is they tried, but they're still... Yeah, and it it feels like they're trying really hard, but they're just like, there's just this final... Like when... Uh, Kirk is trying to explain to Charlie, like, why he can't, like, smack women. He just doesn't do it very well. And, like, you know, he's sort of like, you don't hit women, but, like... And then he does a little smirk, and you're like, what what, what lesson are you trying to communicate? Uh, like Kirk smirk. Kirk smirk. Yeah. 
Yeah, look, this thing, that whole scene where he's trying to explain that, he's just so not into it, that it almost makes you think that the, the, the that tragic ending is Kirk's fault, because he just didn't try very hard to explain to him. But it's just, like, idiotic, because, like, so in the final scene, there's, like, a floating green head of, like, an old dude that's, like, hey, I'm a thespian, come back to my planet. Um... <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can't remember the alien's name, so I'm just going to call them Thespians. Thespians, fine. And Charlie's like, no, I can't fuck them. They talk about... Yes! That's so weird. He's like... So the aliens are like, hey, hey, Kirk, soz that our weird human son, like, murdered some peeps. Uh, we're going to take him back to our planet because, like, ooh, soz. Mm. Yeah, and literally Charlie's like, I don't want to go back. I can't touch them. And then, like, looks at Janice and she's like, nah, dude. Yeah. I'm also not going to touch you. <laughs> You're so weird. <laughs> I, I think the intent, again, is... <laughs> definitely comes across like, I cannot fuck them, no. But I, th- I think the intent, again, is that they're not human and he just wants to be with people that have emotions and, like, you know, are corporeal beings that he can, he can like, maybe understand one day if he, would be, if he would stop being such a fucking weirdo. But also, like, the only emotions that he wants to know are good emotions. So he's like, oh, those people were laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he goes on a big rampage through the ship and he's like, I'm cross. And he's like pushing people aside and like freezing people. Turns a lady into a lizard. He turns a lady into a lizard. Tina, who she's like, he's like, she's not a woman. You're a woman. Janice, you smell like a woman. No. Tina's just a girl. Didn't he like vanish? T- no, there were... Oh, no, no, no. no Tina and then, turns into the lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was the other girl who looked exactly like Tina, but he made her old. Oh yeah! So that was he goes through this rampage and does all these different things to people. And one of them there's a woman and he turns her old and I feel so bad. So she's young one minute and then the camera changes and she's old and she like grips her face and goes, Oh, I'm old! And I feel really bad for that actor whose job is to just be horrified with how she looks. And then there's the one where he walks further down and there are people laughing. And he, like, zaps them. And then one woman comes out and, like, it, she's wearing, like, a, a like a skin-coloured face mask. It's not very skin-coloured, It's though. not very skin-coloured. And from memory, it also had, like, a black band around it. Like, it, like it's clearly she's wearing just, like, a, a face mask over her mm. face. But clearly the implication is he's just, like, smoothed her face. Yeah, left them like, with, like, head. no breathing holes or, like, which is... A chilling implication, if only it had been better special effects. Which actually makes... They do that in the... I'm going to keep bringing up that Black Mirror episode. Because, mm-hmm. like, in, like, the imaginary world that this person gets put into that lives in a computer, you know, like, what if phones but too much. And, like, he... The guy who's running... I'm explaining this really bad. But the guy who's, like, running the starship in, Black, in the Black Mirror episode, like, does that to one of the people on the ship as, like, a form of torture because they can't actually die. And I'm sure it's a reference to that, right? It could be. It could be. It could be. It happened in a really early episode, which it was based on. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know, know enough about Black Mirror to confirm, but... I'm going to get you to watch it, and we'll do okay. a part on it. Okay. Mm. I, I, I watched two episodes of Black Mirror, and I just, like... It's so depressing. It is depressing. Yeah, and also I think a lot of people are like, ooh, it's technology, it's bad, and ooh. That definitely didn't come across in the couple of episodes I watched. But the depressingness definitely did. Definitely. Mm. You, know, you, you come for the, te- the technology and you stay for the depressingness. <laughs> Black Mirror. <laughs> Sponsor us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else happened in the episode? I feel like it was just such a mess. It was. There was an extended scene with Ahura singing to Spock. 
if you recall that one. I feel like I completely erased that from my mind. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. I I like it as I just I just like seeing a hero be active. It's so bizarre though, and it comes out of nowhere. Like you cut to Spock, and he's playing this like it's like a zitar harp. Oh, hang on, I've got it here somewhere. Um, it's still while you're finding the instrument. Yeah, yeah, say some things. You know, he's he's Spock. He's holding a harp, and he's playing in the oh, a Vulcan lyret. Uh huh, a Vulcan lyret. Yes, but that's not said in the episode. That's no, just what it, it says here on Wikipedia. How do they know? Oh my god. The, How do they know? The thing about things like Star Wars and Star Trek is mm-hmm. like like novel writers and, and like comic writers, they fill in the gaps of every single thing that like is introduced in the main series. So even if they didn't name it in the episode, there'd be a comic book that was all about the origin of the Vulcan Lyra. Oh, I can't believe I've gotten myself into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got 750 more episodes oh. to go. Okay. <laughs> I don't hate this, but, like, the idea of, like... 750? It's a lot. It's a lot. And we were meant to do four eps per pod ep, and at the moment we're doing one for one. Yeah, because there's... I guess... I mean, look, this is the first few episodes. It's a lot to talk talk about when we're just being introduced to these characters. But anyway, so, um... Spock. Mm -hmm. I always forgot his name. I was like, Vulcan... Pointy ears. Yeah. Old freaky alien dude. Old dude. So he is playing his... Vulcan Lyret. Vulcan Lyret. Yeah. In the rec room. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, everyone is chilling out. They're having their dinner. And he's just, like, quietly in the corner playing. And he's not playing badly. No. He's just playing his little liar. He could have been a second away from going, anyway, here's Wonderwall. And almost I wish he was. He would. <laughs> or he was. But, like, and then, so he's just chilling in the corner playing his guitar. And, like, everyone's hanging out. And then Ursula, like, comes up to him and is like, I'm sorry. That's good. No, I she, now do it just to annoy you. She's Ursula. That's fine. <laughs> Aurora. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. But cool. we, can, we can do Ursula. That's good Ursula. too. Um, Aurora comes up to him and he's like, you play your fucking guitar, you dipshit. Like, fucking dork. Why don't you play another song for me? And he's like, okay. And then he like tears it up on his lyre. Oh yeah. Lyret. Lyret. Um, and, she, and Ursula like does... Like an improv song mm. that's mocking him. Yeah, yeah. Like I noticed, I was trying to really watch Spock during that mm. because he does keep playing. Yeah, he doesn't stop. And he's almost smiling a little bit. I think he was into it. I think he's into it. But she like is implying that he's a predator of some sort. He's like, she's like, ladies, watch out! It, this creepy alien's gonna come for you. And he's like, ha ha ha. It's it's like some form of like Orientalism, but like for aliens in the future, where they're like. Exoticizing alien dudes. Yeah, but this is the second episode in a row where she's just like goaded him into like a, a, a difficult spot. Yeah, and he but he rolls with it. Honestly. He's into it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's actually bi. He's like a little bit into her. Maybe he just likes the humiliation. Yeah, yeah. But he's like he likes more cerebral humiliation. Mm. And Kirk like isn't up there with him. Kirk's just like. I'm a dumb himbo. He like he loves Kirk, but Kirk's so stupid. He is so stupid. So dumb. Like I just I can't believe he's stupid. So like they've managed to finally rein in this godlike guy who has powers over everyone. 
finally gets him and then he's like oh we'll re- rehabilitate him and I'm like no you gotta fucking sort it out it was a very half hearted effort like no we can if you wanna leave him here we can give it a go take him take him take him get him out get him out of here he's so weird <laughs> I don't know how to talk to him about consent <laughs> oh Kirk <laughs> oh Kirk ugh yeah, ab- absolute failure as a father figure, which um, honestly tracks with, with future mm-hmm. um, Kirk adventures, as, as we'll get to. Mm. Um, should we talk a little bit more about Charlie, who's kind of the main focus of the episode? Yeah, let's do that. I He's cute. One, one fact I want to mention mm. is that the actor was a super method actor, so he, when he showed up at the set, and he, he's like 25 in the show IRL, right. um, and we showed up at the set, he was like, hey everyone, nice to meet you all. I'm a method actor, so I'm going to be weird and distant. I'm just going to, like, hang out in the corner. Mm-hmm. So, see you on the set. And you're like, it's Star Trek. We're all bad actors. <laughs> like, you don't need to do this. Like, the acting is bad, especially in this episode, mm. where they're just like, no one is upset or reacting to, like, this weird guy who's, like, zapping everyone away. Lots of cool, like, streams of light across people's eyes to make their eyes really bright, but the rest of the face really dark. Yeah. Yeah, which is a very, like, of-its-time technique. They, I think they, they did that kind of thing a lot. But it's, I like it's cool. it. Yeah, it's it's cool. cool. But, yeah, so Charlie, Charlie's attractive for a man, so that's how you know he's different and strange. Yeah. Um, and the eyes. The eyes. He's got these blue eyes. Very blue. Very youthful sort of face, even though he's got, like, you know, three inches of makeup on. <laughs> and then, like... He pulls these ridiculous faces when he's, like, zapping people. He, like, pulls his chin in really tight and then, like, rolls his eyes back up into his head. Yeah. And it zooms really close into him and goes, just in case you haven't figured out that bad things are happening. Yeah. There must there must have been a better way to do that. I, I think aside from that, I think Charlie did pretty good, especially at the end when he was, like, pleading to not, you know, go to his yeah hellish like psychic monastery or whatever like he's clearly got like empathy issues like he can't sort of empathize that what he's doing is wrong but like one thing again it's the same problem that i had with the last episode where they showed their hand way too early because like i think it would have been a much because like as soon as he arrives on the ship in like you know scene one right at the Mm -hmm. beginning where he's where the uh guys from the other ship are bringing him on you could just go oh he's a weird kid who, like, doesn't have social skills because he's grown up on his own. But instead, like, every time the camera goes on him, the music goes, like, da da bad guy. But it would have been way more interesting if, like, it... Yeah. You kind of didn't realise that he was dangerous until later. Like, especially since they were trying to play into that, oh, boys will be boys. He's a bit... He's a bit socially awkward and, like, is obsessed with this one female, like, on the on the ship. Um, I shouldn't say female. That's yucky. I'm an incel. Did Fem- I tell you this? Femoid. 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 Um, yeah, I'm an incel. Uh, oh, cool. That's cool. I, I really dislike women and... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Why won't they have sex with me? You should take those red pills from the previous episode. I should, I should. Um, I don't know why I said female. I think I, I was I was trying to think two sentences ahead. But there, he's obsessed with this woman on the ship. And you could have played that into like a... What are social skills? What's consent? Like, mm-hmm. And then, ooh, spooky alien... But then they didn't. They just were like, "Ah, oh, he's a weird. He's got. Super, he's a teenager with superpowers," which was very weird. So you think he, like it would be? It would have been a better story if there'd been no superpowers at all. No, or... no, no. Like he could have had superpowers, but a later reveal. Yeah. Like just have it be re- like not straight up at the beginning where they're like bad, bad, bad. Yeah, they they do play it kind of heavy, and obviously going into this, I knew that he 
you know, I, I know the plot. Yeah. So I didn't have that reaction. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I, I can see what you mean. I just, I feel like, yeah. But then if Star Trek was more subtle and had be, had me as a producer back in 1967 or whatever it was made, mm-hmm. would it have been as famous? Because like, I think it's so well known because it's so camp. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I, I don't know if I properly warned you how much of Star Trek is just, like, camp and goofy, mm. um, how much is, like, straight up bad. Mm. Like, one of the movies is legitimately a comedy movie. <laughs> and it's it's the best Star Trek movie. Well, like, I don't even know, like, the kind of stuff that I watch on my own. I don't think I watch that much sort of camp, over-the-top, like, mm. deliberately silly content. And so that com- combined with, like, a sort of futuristic vibe, I'm just like, what is going on? Why is this so bad? But I also didn't, like, I said that I didn't like it, and I didn't. But, like, I didn't hate watching it. Mm-hmm. You know? What, what What would you say you enjoyed specifically about it? What did I enjoy? Like, I, I love a sort of interpersonal relationship. Like, I love any sort of TV show or film or book or whatever where it's, like, figuring out, like, a, a personal problem. And I think that's what's really driven me away from a lot of fantasy and sci-fi is because, like, you know, fantasy and sci-fi is often about, like, whole societies and whole civilizations and saving the universe. And I'm just like, I don't care. Yeah. What are these... So, like, the moments that I've really enjoyed is, like, Janice trying to sort of, like, navigate this uncomfortable circumstance where her bosses weren't respecting her and she's being hit on by this weird teenager and, like, no one's taking her seriously. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's an interesting plot about how she deals with that and like other things I really enjoyed was like you know Kirk and Spock and Dr. Bones like get sitting around and going like how do we teach this kid how to like respect people and like be a person in the world like that's an interesting question and an interesting plot point for me mm-hmm. but then you know as soon as the sort of aliens come in I'm a bit sort of like oh okay whatever get rid of him but that's fair it's um I, I I've always thought that interpersonal relationships are mm. one of the strengths of Star Trek, particularly from the like eighties, nineties, noughties series mm. onwards. In fact, the thing about the original series is that Gene Roddenberry envisioned it as being a perfect utopia in that there was not even any interpersonal drama. Mm. Um, but there's heaps is, of interpersonal drama. Yeah, I mean, there's there's like, I think there is a little bit, but um, it it definitely gets more interesting, and and I think Star Trek's always been really able to balance, you know, high concepts or at least really interesting sci-fi stories with with fun characters that do have that interpersonal drama and it mm. is often about the characters. And then also, it's often also very camp and goofy. I think being able to balance all those things mm. is like a lot of what I love about it. Mm. Yeah, and I can totally see that. I think it, just with this episode, like, it was just, the plot was a bit messy and, like, there were all these pauses, like, the long, long pauses between people saying stuff. I was just like, get on with it. Mm-hmm. Sort out your pacing. And then we can, like, go. You know? Yeah, yeah. It, it it's, it's often is messy like that. Um, I don't know if it's because of the budget or just, like, or what it is, but I'm sure it could have done with an editor, the mm. whole series as mm. a whole, or a better editor anyway. Mm. What are your thoughts on it? Like, do you have any sort of, like, final, like, concise, like... What's your take on this set? My take is... 
I I honestly like it, and I, I like they didn't go for the obvious happy ending. Mm. Um, which to be honest, I don't think what Star would be Trek, the obvious happy ending that he does learn to like, or at least show that he is on the path to learning to be a normal human being. And they drop him off at the colony, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not sure if I can do this, but you know, thanks for believing me, guys. I'm sure I'll get there." But it 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 is kind of a tragic ending. I I think the messaging. Aside from Kirk, who does attract from the whole thing, but I think the message about consent is otherwise pretty strong in it, which is good for a 60s show. Yeah, I was really surprised. And I mean, Kirk, Kirk does try. Like, he does, he does say to Charlie, like, you'll know if someone's interested in you and Janice is not. You need to leave her alone. Yeah, like, true, yeah. And he's like, how will I know? And he's like, well, maybe you should, like, talk to people. And so there is that. Like, Kirk does try. He's just also, like... Just super stupid. Yeah. So like, what's he gonna do? But yeah, I I don't know. I'm this. I think if we started on this episode, I would have felt a lot more like conflicted. Mm-hmm. Like the last episode had a lot of really fun, like interesting moments. But then and then you kind of get these like moments where it's so like low tech as well. Like my favorite <laughs> was when um Spock and Kirk were meant to be frozen. But, like, they obviously didn't have, like, the budget for them to be, you know, like, superimposed or whatever. And so, but, like, William Shatner is just, like, clearly, like, moving and blinking and breathing and he just can't stand still. And this is the same moment in the last episode where, like, there's a dead body and they reach out to, like, touch his face and he, like, flinches. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, they couldn't redo that take. Like. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like the the shitty low res screens they had back then, they just didn't notice. But mm. it's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah, it's like it's really interesting. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to when we get to like a really upbeat story, mm. which we you're looking at the apps. I'm looking at the apps. Uh-huh. The next ones. The next one is actually the the actual pilot that has Kirk and McCoy as well as Spock and everyone else in it. This one. So where no man has gone before. Yes. Okay. So that's the that was the second pilot made that featured the actual main cast, mm-hmm. which is kind of a serious again another serious sci-fi one. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are a couple after that which are quite fun and goofy. So I'm I'm keen to get into some of the light side of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. How many? wrestling leggings out of I feel like I, I ranked it out of 10 last time yeah I think that's too much I think we're gonna to stick to the classic five okay how many like how many visible dicks how many visible dicks <laughs> out of five would you rate this this app um I, I I think it was I think it was a good episode I'm gonna give it three and a half dicks okay I might just give it three okay because like a good message like interesting arc in the sense that like like he doesn't get redeemed he gets sent back to his planet but also like too many pauses and it's way too horny it's way too horny like people having meaningful looks at each other and like perving on Janice she has like this like off the shoulder like pink slip that she wears at one point and and she is not wearing a bra no bra and then like the the women doing forward flips I don't even are they just flipped but they're slow they were slow flips yeah that was strange very horny the sports on the Enterprise are so gendered so gendered and then there were those buff men without shirts who were hitting them hitting each other with those big like q-tips yeah like what are they it was just it was too horny too much it was too much horniness for me 
Look, it was a cautionary tale about horniness. Don't um, be horny, otherwise you get either zapped away or sent back to your planet. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Go to horny jail. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, oh, oh, between like the last app and this app, we've named our podcast. <gasps> we, have. we have. Do you remember what it is? You've forgotten, haven't you? Um, out of our Vulcan minds. Out of our Vulcan minds. We're going to remember what it's called now. Okay, perfect. And we're going to have a jingle and everything. Oh, what's our jingle going to be? What if we just hum this theme? What does, how does the theme go? Okay, it starts off. I have no memory. I was about to ask you to do the monologue. That's the one that goes space, the final frontier. You're doing well so far. Where no man has gone before. Yeah, you blew it. Oh. <laughs> we'll get there. But you got the first line of it. It's very far. It is such a Star Trek. <laughs> um, we got to wait a while before someone actually name drops Star Trek in the actual show itself. Ooh. It's actually in one of the movies. Oh. So it's a while. But it's, it's, it's good because you can go, they said that the thing. That's what we're watching. The one we're watching. Are there any wars in Star Trek? Yes. So there's Star Wars in Star Trek? And hey. they do Trek a shitload in Star Wars. Mm. Yeah. This is something that we need to address. Yeah. Alright. So, I'm Lucinda. I'm Ellie. And this is... <laughs> well, Vulcan. Okay, bye. <laughs>